Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Joel Coleman of the Starkville Daily News, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman here with you on a Tuesday uh, morning. We are so glad to be joining you and talking about University of Mississippi State sports. We are are the ones who cover the University of Mississippi State better than anyone else. Joel T. and I have been covering the University of Mississippi. How does that happen? Did you see that? I did. You not, see do you it. not know I, what I'm talking about? I, I don't. I, I've seen Very it. Good. There, there have been signees and and people commit before that well, have said it. So I, I'm assuming it's something along those lines. I can live with a 17 year old kid who's not sure about things going that. But when the Mississippi Sports Hall of Fame, oh, I didn't see it. Tweets out a congratulations to the nominees for the, the Howl and, and the Gillum. Gillum. Okay, I didn't realize it. Rakia Jackson and Jessica Carter of the University of Mississippi State. And Quantisha Patterson of the University of Delta State. H- how? You. What? Whatever. Just, uh, again, people of the world, if you are listening and you need help with social media, Hey Dad and Coleman Internet Consultants are here for you. Right? Well, that's not even a social media mistake. That's just a. It's stupidity. Yeah. But it is a social media mistake. You made a mistake on social media. We share the earth with these people. The, uh, they, they, they live breathe, among us. They breathe the air we breathe. Yeah. Well, they might not get enough of it. They need to take a deeper <laughs> breath. That oxygen is not, not getting where you need it. Um, thank you guys for tuning in at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get your podcasts. We appreciate our listeners. We especially appreciate our servicemen and women taking care of us out there for the uh, states of United America. We love those guys. <laughs> And we want to thank our sponsors, the brew that is strange, and the, the spoons that have been churned over there on, uh, well, they got three locations uh, in in, nor- in North Mississippi. They're, of course, they're their original location on Highway 12, the new location uh, on the, off of University Drive, and of course, you can always hit up Brupolo in Tupelo. I sat down in Midtown today at the, the newest Strange Brew locale and had a conversation with Mr. Strange Brew himself, who thanked me for... Uh, the shenanigans of a couple of weeks ago at the hump. They got me person- again, by the way. Did you see? No, I had Tad Smith. Somebody took a picture of me. I didn't see. I didn't. I, I've I haven't. It. I haven't asked who it was either. Someone else has betrayed me. When I find out who has done this betrayal, there will be consequences. I know it wasn't you. You weren't wasn't there. Me. So, and it, Robbie Falk swore it was not him. That leaves Horka and Portnoy. Because I don't think that dear, sweet Abby Hunt would betray me like that. When I find out who did this, they'll be hell to pay. I'm coming for you, brother. <laughs> uh, and, of course, you should come to Starville and go to Strange Brew. See how it all ties together? Revenge and coffee. Works well. Revenge is a dish best served cold. Coffee is a drink best served hot. But you can get it iced. Either frozen. way. It, it, iced coffee, frozen coffee, hot coffee. They got it all. Got all of it. Check them out over at Strange Brew. And, of course, our and other... Hot chocolate. Even have frozen hot chocolate. 
I mean, it's just... They got, it, there's literally nowhere you can't go with that. If you want it totally frozen, if you want a frozen, <laughs> frozen hot chocolate, you just want a block of hot chocolate, they might do that for you, too. I was thinking about, oh, brother, where art thou there for a second? It's like, you know, two weeks from everywhere. What a geographical oddity. A geographical oddity. What, what a <laughs> restaurant. I, I couldn't think of a word there. What a culinary oddity. Yeah, oddity. culinary. That'd be great. <laughs> Watch your, watch your language, young man. It's a public market. Uh, we could do a whole show of, oh, brother, we're out there quotes. I just want to let everybody know that. Down in the river. <laughs> I haven't seen that we're, movie in years, but what I, a great. I had a thought, because we were talking about Major League the other day. We should do like a Facebook Live where we're just watching a movie, and we're just laughing at it. People, people tune people in, watch, I think. Yeah. Imagine you and me watching Oh Brother Where Art Thou. Oh, I, I'd yodel too when it came time. All loved up and. He's in the jailhouse now. now. That's a good song. Uh, anyway. <laughs> you, you'll definitely yodel when you see the great selection of MSU merchandise at College Corner. You can shop online at collegecornerstore.com or you can check out either one of their two locations down in the Jackson area. They're in. Ridgeland over by Fleet Feet. They're in Flowood over by the Half Shell. And if you want to get something new before you head over to uh, Trustmark Park on Wednesday night, perhaps a, perhaps a rain jacket might be necessary. But you can check them out uh, and see their incredible selection. Great prices, great service, the friendliest people that you're going to find to sell you the maroon and white gear that you need to look like a bulldog. Do it the right way. Head, head, no. Sly Croom says, do it the right way. Head to College Corner. We got a lot to talk about today. Uh, we got some basketball preview. We got a little positional breakdown to do in just a moment. We'll, we'll start with. We'll lead with that. No, we'll lead with basketball, and we'll lead with uh, real quick. As we mentioned, uh, the the Hal and uh, Gillum Trophy were announced. The uh, finalists were announced. Two from MSU for the women: Rakia Jackson, Jessica Carter. No surprises there. Well, I take it back. Surprise that Jordan Danbury is not on that group. Yeah, a little, a little bit. Yeah. Those are two leading scores, you know, with Carter and Jackson. It's yes and no. I mean, I think those two are probably... You really can't go wrong. No. Yeah. And then Reggie Perry for the men. I think he, he's going to win unless... going to be close. Unless Tyree comes over here on Saturday and throws up another 40-burger. When are the votes to in, I wonder? Uh, surely it's after that game. Surely it's after the SEC tournament, you would think. Well, uh, I'll take it back. The 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 Yeah, it's got to be because the... Uh, the I don't know. The, the, the ceremony is the ninth. So, a week from today, as we record, surely they wouldn't have the votes in. They got to be about like Friday, right? Oh, that can't be right. That that's a terrible timing if that's right. I think I could find out the answer to this question though, as we record, it's ten p.m. So I don't think that the person that would answer would answer. So real quick, I got I I didn't get the email. I'm not on the email list for this, right? Our friend Logan Lowry is. So I was like, hey, will you forward me the email? And I looked through the list. Ben White's still getting that email. <laughs> Poor guy. He's probably and Logan, I texted Logan that, and he's like, he might still be voting. Could <laughs> so, be. We'll see how it goes. So I think I think I think it's going to be another bulldog sweep. That'll be uh, three straight years of bulldog sweeps. Quindary Weatherspoon uh, won it uh, the last two years. I think you're right that Perry will win. Uh huh. Oh, be close. I don't think it's a slam dunk. No, it's not a slam dunk. But he'll, I think he'll win. And I think for sure one of the state girls will win. I think probably Rakia Jackson. And like, and for the women, it's uh, McCowan last year and Victoria Vivians, who was that was the final of her four straight. Uh, before that, State heads to South Carolina tonight, five thirty tip Central Time, uh, for 
the another in the long, seemingly long line now of must-win games. Yeah, I was what state's <laughs> record in must-win games this year? They have two losses because <laughs> to A and M and uh, and Ole Miss are losses. Well, I mean, it's pretty good because over their last thirteen SEC games, they're ten and three. So okay, you're you're exactly right. State's record in must-win games is ten and four because they've been must-win games since they lost to LSU. At yeah. 0-3 in the conference start turning, they got to win that next game. Since then, they have been 10-4. and So that's not terrible. It, it's been a – down the stretch, I mean, basketball season has been Groundhog Day. Mm-hmm. Every game, you have to win it. And most of the time, they have, and, and kind of push – kick the can down the road, so to speak. And, and here we are with two regular season games left. And if you keep winning, you're probably in. Yeah. So, a little breaking news here. I don't know if it's breaking news or not, but it'll it affects you because you'll enjoy it. It's not MSU related at all. Braves, yeah, sort of. Uh, Chipper Jones, the new Wednesday night baseball uh, color analyst. Oh yeah, that's that was like Saturday news. Oh, was it? I'm yeah. so sorry. I, I am just now seeing it. This is what happens. Oh, by the way, you were you were mentioned today at our basketball press conference. You were not there, but you I, were mentioned. I had a good reason to not be there. Okay, well, I mean that's fine, but. We started talking about Major League Baseball. I was wearing my Giants polo that you got me for Christmas. Yay. And Howland starts, he's like, oh, yeah, baseball's coming up. And we started talking about it. And he's like, I have a couple of family members in the Bay, diehard Giant fans. They watch every game, all 162 games, all nine innings, every game. And I was like, well, Joel's that way. Joel's that way with the Braves. He's like, where is Joel? I want to talk to him about this. And, of course, you weren't there. So we, got, we started talking about And then he talked about uh, how uh, – this this is funny. I I think this guy still listens. I hope I hope he's listening. We started talking about how it's tough to be a major league baseball writer because I mean there's so many games and so much travel and and I said, well, do you remember, coach? Do you remember Will Salmon? He's like, of course. I was like, well, you know, he just got a job. He's covering the Brewers now. And he just looked at me like he must have no life. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, all that stuff was before we started recording, but it's funny, and I think Will still listens every now and then. So, oh, Will, I hope you're listening today. Uh, you know, in all seriousness, and we've we've kind of we'll, we'll hop back to By the way, that's some of the funniest stuff Howland's ever given us. He was hilarious. Yeah, today. he's usually pretty stoic. I don't yeah. know if that's it. Yeah, he, he doesn't. He just started going. You today. know, a lot of coaches that we, even Mullen would occasionally post press conference go off script a little bit. Yeah, a little stuff. bit. But Howland's usually for the this most part pre-post conference too. Yeah, this so before we even got he's, started, he's feeling so. good. But what I was about to say. Baseball beat writers. Mm-hmm. That is, that, you know, it's, we'll, we'll, it's, it's going to have to be a tough job. I can't wait to talk to Will about just like because how, think about like a, a seven o'clock first pitch, right? You probably get at the ballpark at like four thirty, and you're not going to be out of there until midnight, probably. And you do it again tomorrow. And you do it again tomorrow. And yeah. the next day, and the yeah. next day, and the next day, and then oh, you got to catch a plane got, and do it again the next day, and the next what, day, and the next day. So my brother was like, you travel probably, you know, fifty. You got fifty, at least fifty road trips, right? Ah. Uh, Gosh, I don't know that you I mean, play. I, 80, I, you play eighty-one road games, so yeah. What's eighty-one divided by about three? Yeah. So uh, you, that's probably twenty-five-ish road trips. Yeah, but but you, just, then you got to come home too. So gotta, I guess yeah. twenty-five times two. Yeah. So anyway, that's a lot of travel. Anyway, getting back to basketball in Mississippi State, South Carolina. Howland talked about it. these these games between Howland's teams and Frank Martin's teams the past few years have just been physical battles and. I would say that even though State won the game a few weeks ago, they lost the physical battle because they let South Carolina, uh, specifically uh, Mike Kotsar, push Reggie Perry around a little bit, and they had to rely on Abdul Adu 
to come through with 14 points. I don't know that you can rely no. on Abdullah Adu for 14 points again. No, and, and State turned the ball over a ton against Carolina yeah. the first time. If, if, if a lot of the things that happened in Starkville happened in Columbia, State's probably toting a double-digit loss. I mean, that, there was a lot that didn't go right that night, but State found a way to win anyway. Um, and you're you talking about Kotsar. Shoot that guy. If he played State every game, first round, first pick in the draft. 22 turnovers in that game. Seven yeah. of them by Reggie Perry. So, yeah, yeah. if Kotsar could play State every time. If you put together a team and, and to play Mississippi State, you're taking Brian Tyree <laughs> and Mike Kotsar, your first two picks, you're going to win the game. You're going to win. Those two guys have lit Mississippi State up their entire careers. Tough to win in Columbia. Um, you know, South Carolina, they're, they're, they're not on the bubble, but, you know, it, it, I don't know. The state's lost the last, uh, or lost what, one, two, three of the last four, four of the last five in Columbia. Now, that does spread out over, you know, obviously four or five years. Last time they played in Columbia was the season opener, or the conference opener last season. They lost in overtime, 87-82, to a, a South Carolina team that you recall at that time was the, the worst team outside of Vanderbilt. And that was the night that Coatsar just went off. Went Had a huge game. Had a huge game against Mississippi State. Do you worry that, like I said, it seems like every game for the last two months has been must-win in some form or fashion. Do you worry about the mental state of this team, how taxing that must be to feel like you're playing an elimination game almost every night? Uh, it goes one of two ways, I guess. Um, this team kind of seems to be thriving on a little bit. They're getting yeah. the job done for the most part. And I don't know how much their carryover there is between sports, but like in baseball, for instance, you want to go into the postseason, whether it's in college or whether it's in the pros, playing you know right to the end. Sometimes you know in in Major League Baseball, a lot of times at the end of seasons, the teams that clinch three weeks early then go into the playoffs and have to flip that switch again, and they just can't. Yeah. Um, for this Mississippi State team in basketball, if they get in the tournament, they will have been playing must-win every game anyway. Yeah, It's going to be – and you're going to have these other teams. State was in this situation last year where they'd been in for a couple weeks. Yeah, and they there was of, no worry. And then they kind of laid the egg. Well, there's no kind of to it. They did lay an egg yeah, at the end, in, in that opener of the NCAA tournament. So I don't know. I, I don't know – I kind of feel like this team's going to be okay with it because they've been okay with it so far. Yeah. But that said, you still got work to do before you even have to worry about getting in the tournament. But So if State, if, if South Carolina is able to neutralize Perry again to whatever degree, and you don't trust a dude to do it again, to have another huge night like he had a few weeks ago, who is the guy who replaces the production? And, 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 and I can't say that it's Tyson Carter because I'm already counting on his production. I'm already counting on Tyson Carter to get me 15 points. Okay. Who am I counting on now if Perry can't get me 15 to 20 points? I guess my first instinct is Weatherspoon mm-hmm. getting to the line a lot and getting 18 to 20 himself. Does that sound about right? I don't know. I feel like he would be the safest pick to have a big night, although he hadn't played all that well on the road. Yeah. So... Of course, Tyson hadn't played all that well in the road. Woodard the hasn't game. had a big game in a while. Yeah, I mean, and he hasn't basically since non-conference had what I would call like a, a huge game. Had a, he hasn't had twenty points. He hasn't had a double double in quite a while. So it's kind of surprising, isn't it? Well, he's just been quietly. You know, he's had some games where he's like eleven and seven, and but 
And he's the leading three-point shooter on the team. It's sort of interesting that State, the last two years, a forward has been the leading three-point shooter. It's Holman. Yeah, I think the last two seasons it, it was Holman. Um, I know year before last it was. I'm, yeah. I'm not sure if it I, was. I think it was Holman last year. I'm pretty sure. So it's just, yeah, I, I don't know what to, to make of Woodard. I, 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 I expect a certain contra- level of contribution, but I'm, never, I'm not going to be shocked if he has a 5-6 and six kind of game. I'd be more surprised by him having a 16-10 a, you know, and 10 kind of game. If he has that, I feel like State would, you know, because that's what you're getting from Perry. So then whatever you get from Perry is just bonus at that point. You're almost flip-flopping him there. So we'll see how that goes. It's must-win, though. It's, there's no question about that. I, I don't think State can – State needs this win. They need the extra Quadrant 1 win. That gives them nine Quadrant 1 and Quadrant 2 wins. Um, they just need to keep the momentum going. They need to keep – they need. I, I said this a couple weeks back when they, uh, when they played Texas A&M. I said they need to stack up some wins here and – just get a little bit of momentum going. They, they can't keep you know win loss win loss. They've won two in a row. If you you win one, you win another. That's two in, in a row. row. You win, win third another. You win the next day. That's what they call a winning streak. So if they can make it a winning streak and get three in a row, you have a, at least you'll have a lot of confidence coming back home to play Ole Miss. I can't imagine it won't be a good. It should be a good crowd. You've got good. But you got baseball that afternoon. Should be a good crowd. Last game of the season, and it's Ole Miss. It's senior day. Uh, we'll see what happens. Who's your playmaker here? Who are you taking? I feel like Perry has to have a Reggie Perry night. Okay. Um, I don't know that – I mean, we just talked about it. If he doesn't, and I don't think you can count on Abdullah Do again I don't to, think to have either. a monster offensive night, um, I think you're in a world of hurt. So – I know a lot of times I try and avoid picking Reggie Perry because he's so obvious because he's Mr. Double-Double, it seems right. like. But I just feel like he has to do that in this game. So uh, I'll stick with Reggie. And uh, what's the old sports cliche? Big-time player, big time players show up in big-time games. This is the time. They need him. And they they need him all this week. They need him in this game, and they need him on Saturday against the Rebels. But yeah. um, first things first. So I'll, I'll go Reggie Perry tonight in Columbia. That's probably a good call. I'm going to go with the other guy that I mentioned, though, Tyson Carter. Um, what did I – Paul Jones had a tremendous stat today. that When Tyson Carter scores double figures, I think that – if I'm wrong on this, just forgive me, but I think I'm remembering right that State is 40 and 12. 12. I think that's okay. what he said. I went back and watched. Okay. As you said, I was not at the press conference, but I went back and watched okay. the press conference. Yeah, and, 40 and, and 12 when he's in double figures. That so that's, that's a great barometer. Uh, they need him not only, you know, the three-point shooting, but – being aggressive, getting to the bucket. You know, he's getting a lot of points recently off the free throw line. Great free throw shooter. So you that's high percentage. You want him doing that. That's how he's developed as a player at Mississippi State, just his ability to Yeah, he was just a spot up shooter and, and try and get when he came ball. to Mississippi State. Now he is a guy who can attack the rim, create his own shot. That's good stuff. Uh that's good stuff. Calm down. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, I'm gonna go with Tyson Carter. I'm not gonna predict a win though. I just don't feel it. I've been saying for weeks I feel like that bubble's going to burst. I've thought it's burst like three or four times. I just don't have the confidence in this team to do it. Close loss, heartbreaking kind of loss, something they're going to give away late. 68-65 South Carolina. Ben Howland was kind of feeling it at the presser. Hmm? I kind of feel like this team's thriving a little bit with these must-win games. I'll keep our uh, 
I guess it's not tradition because last game I think we did predict both. Yeah. Both of us predicted State to win, but uh, it seems like lately I'm predicting them to win. You're predicting them to lose. So I guess we'll stick with that that formula. I do think State's going to win the game. I think because again, I think State's the better team, and so often. Uh, the, the better team wins. It doesn't always happen. And it being on the road means that it may not happen. But I, I think State knows the importance of, of every game they're playing now, and they, they seem to be doing just enough on most nights to get by. So I say they win, and it sets up a humongous egg bowl basketball game on Saturday inside the Humphrey Coliseum. But I'll say Mississippi State wins this game. And I will say 78-76, Mississippi Close State. game. No rest for the weary. We'll see what happens uh, later tonight. 5.30 tip. <laughs> I think almost every game I predict Mississippi State to score 78. That's a good number. I mean, that's about what they're averaging a game. Yeah, so that's, it that's... works. It works. All right, let's move on over to the next topic. And that topic, our, our positional breakdown today, is brought to you by our good friends over at Welcome Home Beef. Heard some of you guys are already trying out Welcome Home Beef or looking into that. That's good news, and you're gonna. It's good news for you when you get that steak on your plate. But they don't just have steak; they got the whole meal taken care of. You want to cook a, a, a nice, fine chuck roast? You want to cook it for hours at a time? They could take care of you. They've got great side dishes already up there. When I got a steak from there, I got some of their twice baked potatoes. Oh man, really, really good. And they sell the famous you, you, Doe's Eat Place. Are you familiar? Yeah, I am. They sell the famous Doe's hot tamales there. And man, those things are fantastic. So they got a whole cooler loaded up, not only with the sides, but they got some pre, pre-cooked meals as well, some short ribs, pot roast, whatever you're looking for, they can take care of you. But of course, the star of the show is that USDA prime steak, burger, roast. They've got them all. Put that stuff on your grill this weekend. Be a hero. When you're at Duty Noble Field, be the envy of the Left Field Lounge because you've got the best steaks money can buy right there on your grill. So check out Welcome Home Beef in Starkville at 329 uh, University Drive. Check them out on Facebook. Welcome at facebook.com slash welcome home beef. That's a place where you can get in touch with them to place your order, or you can just call them at 662 418 2021. Welcome home beef. It just tastes good. I love that slogan, by the way. It's so simple, which is great for me because it's not a lot to remember. <laughs> you know, if you're if you got like a 10 word slogan that might have the word Quinnipiac in there, I figured out how to say it, by the way. Uh, after the third tweet, sending us a YouTube video, like that's how you say it. Are you 100% sure you just said it right? Quinnipiac. That's right. I, I think, I, did you just say it two different ways? Quinnipiac. I'm saying it the same way every time. Okay. Say it with me. Ready? One, two, three. Quinnipiac. Quinnipiac. There it is. We've got it. No need to talk about them, though. We're talking about the offensive line today. Now, we've been talking about the, the, the philosophy change coming to Mississippi State. I thought it was Quinnipiac. See, now I'm confused. Quinnipiac. I'm just confused. Just just go with me. <laughs> if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but we're going out on the ship together here, all right? We got a couple days to figure it out. Yeah. And then after that, we don't ever say it again, probably. <laughs> if they get in a regional here, I swear to God. Quinn- okay. Quinnipiac is my new Loyola. Loyola. What are you doing? Quinnipiac. But it says, despite what you might have heard on television... The, the emphasis is on the Quinn. It's not on the P. Quinnipiac. So, Quinnipiac. Not Quinnipiac. I'm not saying that. I'm saying Quinnipiac. 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 Okay. All right. Great. Let's move. Can we Moving move forward on. now? Moving on. 
is there a is the same thing true about this offensive line? For years, Mississippi State known for big, monstrous, road grading offensive linemen. That needs to change a little bit this year. You need some guys that are a little more mobile and agile. You still want the hostile part, but it's got to change a little bit. Is that are we underestimating how big the transition is for the offensive line? I, to me, I feel like there isn't going to be as heavy of, of a burden on some of these guys. Okay. Because to me, I go back. I know you've been talking about this to for that months. Thing for months. To to talking to Joe Moorhead back last July in that chalk talk, and he was just raving and, and going on and on about the stuff that these offensive linemen had to do with two hands on this guy and four eyes on the next level and, and all this whole nine yards. I feel like these guys are about to have a little bit of a breather, so to speak, in that you're not going to have to think quite as much. The worst thing as an athlete in pretty much any sport is thinking too much. Yeah. Um. Doesn't matter what you're talking about. You're talking about being at the plate and you're thinking about what's coming. You yeah. know, you don't have somebody over here banging a trash can to tell you what's coming. You, you just uh, <laughs> thinking too much just ruins everything. If you're and thinking, I, you're not doing. And and I feel like these guys are finally going to get to be freed up a little bit mentally to just do one job, whether it's pass blocker. Whatever, it's not going to be this. Okay, I've got to have my hands here, but my eyes got to be here, and right. then and then beyond that guy, I need to you know look. Well, the playbook cr- look is so simple too. You know? it's, it's yeah, not... everything is simplistic. Yeah, especially I think from a pass blocking standpoint, it's really a lot of just because there's only five of you. There's no, there's not a lot of backs and, chipping and, and tight ends. And coming again, in. we say it all the time, but sometimes I think coaches overthink this coaching thing. And it, bare bone basics, your job as the offensive lineman. Especially pass blocking, don't let them get to your quarterback. Yeah. Bottom line, that's yeah. it. If you're an offensive lineman and the ball is snapped and a second goes by and you haven't touched anybody, probably not good. <laughs> probably bad. You probably need to be looking around for who's coming because they're coming for you. Um, am I fair? Am I in this? I don't like to put a lot of pressure on a guy who hasn't played a ton, but do I not have to think that Charles Cross is going to be really good in this system? A big, lean. But big, lean, but big, lean, lean in the correct way for an offensive lineman. L- long offensive tackle, wouldn't I think he? Wouldn't I think right off the bat that guy should be a big star in this system? Feels like it, yeah. But it really feels like any of these guys with talent. When 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 you take away some of the. It sounds like I'm trying to say that these guys don't have the ability to think. I'm not saying that. State's offensive line had the ability to be talented under Joe Moorhead. I'm not right. I'm not taking that away from them. But I feel like whenever you just take away all the stuff that they would otherwise have to be concerned with and just make it bare bones basic, hey, don't let anybody touch KJ Costello. Yeah. I feel like whether it's Charles Cross or whether it's Stuart Reese coming in from Alabama or whoever it is, I feel like they can kind of grasp that pretty quickly. I, pl- I played football at the most rudimentary level there is, right? 1A high school football. Our philosophy for blocking was this. Man on, man off, man who most threatens the play. I feel like that might be a, a system similar to what we're going to see here. That it's just going to be like, if there's a guy head up on you, block him. If there's a guy on your outside shoulder, block him. If you see somebody who, who doesn't seem to be have a guy blocking him, block him. 
And instead of we're looking here and then here's the next guy I got to go. I'm with you on that. I feel like this is the year that states two big-time recruits of the last two classes, Quadravius Johnson, Dollar Bill, and Charles Cross need to step up. I said last year I thought Charles Cross should redshirt. He did. But you are a five-star, number two offensive tackle in the country. I expect you as a redshirt freshman to be – I expect him to be a starter. If he's not a starter, I got question marks. Especially in this system, which I think would lend itself to being a good pass blocker. I think on the interior, you're still pretty strong. Darian Parker, back. Stuart Reese, back. Um, Center, you know, I don't know. Are you moving somebody there? Is Cole Smith going to be able to take that job? So you got some question marks in there, but those two tackles, I expect the four-star kid and the five-star kid to be starters and major contributors. And I, I don't feel like that's unfair of me to, to, to put upon them. I think that's <laughs> very reasonable expectations. And, I mean, if we had to draw it out today, that's what we'd say, right? <sighs> or Stu, oh. Stu, Stu Reese backing up somewhere here? Oh, hold on a second. So I decided to go to the 2020 football roster. Yeah. To be announced. The whole roster is TBA. So let's go look at the 2019 <laughs> roster. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean to be announced? I need to know these names right now. Um, Stuart Reese. Well, I, I, you're I you're, you're going to have a, where the 2020 roster is there, you're going to have a spring roster there in about a week in or two. In a week or so, yeah. <sighs> Looking at, the, at this roster, I mean, LaQuinston Sharp is the guy who could probably make me make that move he makes to center. Play center. Yeah. So I mean, he might be ahead of Cole Smith. Cole Smith is a, is is just going to be a uh, he should be a redshirt sophomore at this point. So let's say Sharp, Parker, and Reese, and then you have got three tackles. You've got Quatravius Johnson. You've got uh, Cam, uh, Charles Cross, and then of course you have uh, Greg Island. Greg Island. Brandon Cunningham is a guy that they, they're really high on. Nick Penley is a guy they're really high on. Or at least, you know, I say that. The, the old coaching staff was high on those guys. I don't know what the new coaching staff will be. But those were guys that were, you know, pretty highly recruited. You've, got, you've recruited well. You think back to the, I think it's the 2017 class, where Mullen only got one guy on campus of his off. He signed five offensive linemen, but four of them never made it to campus, something like that. And the way that that position which is basically neglected then the last two years you've done really really well there you've got guys you feel can contribute all over all over that offensive line I mean right now Island Parker Smith Sharp Cross Johnson Cunningham Penley Brevin Jones is a guy they like you got guys there you got to think you can find five guys in that bunch to yeah do some damage I agree <laughs> I, mean, I agree and especially for what should be a, a simpler system. But my question, though, is you know you've recruited for, five, for for a decade to run first, and now that you're pass first, can those guys make that transition? I don't think it's a huge transition for the wide receivers because it's just it is at the end of the day just running out there and catching the ball. You know the routes are simplified. But when you're talking about the way you are physically built, you know I mean especially those interior guys who are just built to be road graders, can they be? Agile pass blockers. That's a good question. And how many of those guys, I should know this probably, and if I sat here for a second, I could think of it, but mm-hmm. you've got it right in front of you. How many of those guys are Mississippi guys? Obviously, Cross. Of the guys that I mentioned. Cross is, obviously. Island, Parker, Smith, Sharp, 
Cross, Johnson, Cunningham are all Mississippi guys. Not just a ton of pass-heavy offenses no. in Mississippi high school football. No, that's not a so state that, status a, law. No. I guess what I'm sitting here thinking is that, that may be a position in years to come. See a little bit. Where you got to go to Texas or somewhere. you got to find get, some different, yeah, some different some, spots for O-line. Uh, get some guys a little more – I mean, not, yeah. I don't know. Do, do you, you don't narrow well, it I mean, like that. When but, you think about it, though, Mississippi, outside of the past couple of years with, with Kutravis Johnson and with uh, Charles Cross, not a ton of elite offensive linemen. You know, come yeah. out of this state. You think about the great players that uh, have been here recently, and especially or been in other schools. Especially look at Ole Miss, Tunsil and Little. Not getting into how they were recruited, but you know, from out of state. Yeah, um, from Mississippi State. I'm trying to think. Daryl Williams was from Alabama. Now Elton Jenkins was a Mississippi kid. Dion Calhoun was from Al- was from uh, Alabama. Trying to think of more more recent guys. Martinez Rankin was from Mendenhall, so I guess he's a Mississippi kid. But he, he's a JUCO kid too. Not not really highly recruited out of high school. So you know, Dylan Day, Louisiana, um, Blaine Clausell was from Alabama. Yeah, you know, so on and so forth. So we'll see. That's sort of that's a, that's sort of a big picture question right now. For me, I, I'm very interested though. I think this if Charles Cross can live up to his hype. I mean, at the end of the day, you can't help it. All right, you were the number two offensive lineman in the country. You were a five-star player, a top. I have to go back and look. I want to say a top fifty player. I mean, if you're the number two tackle in the country, you can't be too far off that. I'm sorry that I had the expectations for somebody like that. If they if you signed a quarterback like that, I would expect him to be good from day one. So you know, I I, I was I felt like he needed a red shirt just because you had some experience on the offensive line. It wasn't a necessity to play him. He got the red shirt. He got the year to get bigger, stronger, faster. Now is the time for him to become. He should be a three-year starter. With his recruiting pedigree, he's a guy that at the end of his junior year should be ready to go on to the NFL. I don't feel like that's a. And I I I, I don't know that I would say that the, the the success of this unit depends on a guy who's never played, but it's going to be a big piece of it. Yeah, for me anyway. So. But even if for whatever reason he's not. Yeah, a piece of it. You, there's so many names there. Yeah. that sound like reliable guys. Well, at the end of the day, if you get I mean, Dollar Bill and, and Greg Island, you're probably going to be okay. You know, or if you get, you know, we haven't even talked about like a guy like Cordavian Suggs, who was State's big time recruit a few years ago, and you know hasn't really done anything yet. So we'll see where that uh, where that takes them. I think of all the position groups that you may want to be concerned about, like I'm, offensive line's really not one of them. Well, I think. I think every year you should be concerned with the offensive line because it's it's the most important well, thing. It's the most important thing, I agree. Right. But at the same time, you aren't... You're not reading me those names and I'm not over here thinking, ugh. Yeah, yeah. This isn't like when I did the... It's not like the... Oh, we, we forgot a very important a key player, maybe. Scott Lashley. Another another name to know there. You know, the grad transfer. Automatically, uh, I think I said Stuart Reeves while ago, and I meant Scott Lashley. But yeah. is that what you meant? Okay, I was, I was wondering, like, why would he not start? Yeah, uh, yeah, we forgot about Scott Lashley, who I think will probably be a big time piece in the puzzle. He'll be here for the spring. It's good to have depth because you got some names to pick from. You know, if you tell me that we go into the the season and the, the, the line across is Johnson, Parker, Sharp, Reese, Lashley, or that it's Cross. Uh, Sharp, Smith, Parker, Johnson, or anything. I feel okay. If Penley is one of the guards, I feel fine. So you got a lot of options there. 
we have to be a little bit more normalcy next week. We talk about a little bit the defense. We, we started like we know what's going to happen there. I feel a little bit more. All right, before we go, sort of a personal thing here. Not not super personal. I wasn't a huge fan of it. But uh, did you ever watch Inside the Actors Studio? Do you know what that I'm talking about? No idea. Okay, it was a show hosted by this guy named James Lipton. He became sort of a uh, a meme. Uh, Will Ferrell did a really funny skit about him one time. Very very eccentric man. But he interviewed actors. And he might be one of the best interviewers of all time. If you want to learn how to interview somebody, watching him is a good start. He always ended every interview with what is called the pivot questionnaire. It's spelled pivot, but he's French. So pivot. Ten questions I'm going to ask you now as our tribute to the late... He passed away okay. Uh, okay. on Monday. So right, we've got ten questions here. We'll both answer them. Okay. Here it's we like go. a kind of a early week rumbling. Yeah, email. it's a total. It's like a personality kind of quiz, okay. but not really. So here we go. What's your favorite word? Uh this is for you, not Chris Lamonis. Things, I guess. I say things, things a lot because you know on the show. No, 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 I don't mean the word you say the oh, most. I mean like what is a the word, word that, a word that generates pleasure for you? joy? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's a deep question. Yeah, it's not something you think about all that often. Yeah. Um. Brings pleasure. Fantastic. Fantastic. That's good. That's a good word. And it's a, that is a word that I say yeah. a lot too. My favorite word, the one, that, maybe it's not the the right feeling here for feel or enjoy, but my favorite word that I love to hear is cornucopia. <laughs> Just feels good to your. ears. It feels good to my ears, man. I like hearing about somebody. There's a cornucopia of options. It's usually food related. Oh, they have a cornucopia of choices there. I like that. What is your least favorite word? Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you... This might be yours. I'm not sure. Okay. Because I've heard you say that this disgusts you, I think, before. Yeah. Uh, I don't like the word discharge. Oh, God, that's the word. That's such a nasty word. And, and, and I don't know if it's because yeah. I never really thought about it until you said yeah. it, but I've heard it. Now, any time that I hear it, I'm like, It's Ugh. gross. Yeah. 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 A lot of people would say moist is on that list, too. But, <laughs> See, but when I think moist, a lot of times turkey. I think cake or I think something. turkey. I think of like a moist Thanksgiving yeah. turkey. So it's good, but yeah, discharge is the correct answer. What turns you on creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? What gets you going in a good way? Uh <sighs> Honestly, mm-hmm. like thinking about the future, like that's good. plans in my mind. That's good. good I, choice. My problem is that a lot of times I'm I'm more of a thinker and a planner than I am a follower throuher on yeah. some stuff. Like that, I have a lot of stuff. You like my Joe mind. Moorhead? A little bit, yeah. Like I have a lot of stuff in my mind that I'm like, this is a really good idea, and then there's like this roadblock to where. I can't in my mind see how I can get from point A to point B because there's a roadblock right here. Yeah. And a lot of times I'm like, I'll figure out one day to get over that roadblock. And I still in my mind yeah. am trying. I mean, I have stuff right now even that I'm like, oh, this this is a pretty good idea, but how do I get there yeah. kind of thing. I, so, I like. But it still excites me and kind of gets my. I like to put spins on things other people have done. I like to see like funny things. Yeah. And how can I make that Brian Haydad's funny thing? Yeah. You know? That's what I like That's to do. Cool. What turns you off? What makes you go, you know what, I'm not going to do that? Uh, I don't know if this is... Dealing... If I have to work with someone or deal with someone that 
has like tremendous ego. Oh, uh, that was my answer. Holy crap! That was I was literally going to say ego is my answer. I can't stand ego. I can't stand it. Just, it. Especially so, in our business, like we're, we're sports writers cover Mississippi State. Yeah, you know if you if you're you know Bruce Feldman or or, or Scott Van Pelt. And you've reached the pinnacle of that profession. Okay, I can live with some ego. The, there. the worst is when you deal with ego with someone that doesn't even realize they have one. Oh, it's the worst. The absolute worst. And yeah. the other the other answer to this was media who complains about free food. <laughs> Just don't do it. What's your favorite curse word? Uh is it crap? I'll well, count crap as a curse word if you want to say it. Well, if you're talking about the one that I use the most, it would be crap. Yeah. If that counts as a cuss word. Yeah. Um. If you're talking about the actual ones, mm-hmm. though, yeah, um, the, you don't have four, to go too the, far. Down the four, well, I was just gonna say, like, if if the four letter S word would be uh, that's right yours up there I because like it that. just it fits so many different occasions. You stump, My, you stump your toe, yeah. You, you're mad about something. There's a I mean, good there's just, a good YouTube video about the F word, which isn't mine, but it's like it's the only word that can be used as like a noun, a verb, an adjective, an adverb. There's no, it's so it's so versatile. But mine is actually Al Swearingen's uh, favorite curse word. So I'll just leave it at that. I can't say it out loud. <laughs> On this show, anyway. What sound or noise do you love? Rain. Like rain on a tin yeah. roof kind of deal. Yeah. Like the, if if we were sitting here recording this show yeah. and this building had a tin My house roof, has a metal roof. And so. it was raining. Like this morning, it, it was pouring early this morning. I love it. And that woke me up. It, it's either like, that raining. or growing up, my grandparents um, down in the country, uh-huh. they had this... I mean, it's a fan's all it is, but it was one of those fans. It's like a you know room fan, that, like turn the oscillating fan. But it was one of those old ones that I mean, you could stick your arm in that thing if you wanted to chop your dang arm off. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this thing, metal blade. Yeah, yeah, thing was, but just the, the sound hum, of that, the hum of that Reminds fan. You. Man, I, you you want to talk about a nap that you could just that's good take for eight. That's good. Yeah, be uh, a fan or rain on a roof. Well, you're gonna feel bad when you hear mine because you're gonna be saying I should have said that. But when my daughters are just uncontrollably laughing oh, at something I've great. done, yeah. Like if I make a joke and that really hits them hard and they're just dying, yeah, that's just the best sound. Yeah, turn it around. What sound do you hate? Um, uh, sound do I hate? <sighs> I. This is so vague. I guess I don't know. If it's vague, but like yelling. Yeah. People, a- angry. Angry noise, angry voices, angry noise, angry like two two folks, yeah, going at it with each other, arguing. arguing. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I've never been comfortable with that. Like it you. just it, it creates a anxiety mm-hmm. within me that I'm I'm not a fan. I mean, con- any kind of conflict, yeah. Like not, I'm not gonna say that I I will never engage in conflict because there's mm-hmm. there's days I guess where we all you can't just avoid had, it. Sometimes. We've all just had enough and yeah. whatever, but. By and large, ninety nine times out of a hundred, if there's a conflict coming, I'll just leave. Yeah, like I That's just smart. I, so I, I can't stand. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, mine is, uh, and I'm gonna have to give away a little professionalism here, I guess. But mine is the sound of sixty thousand people standing up and saying, "Hell yeah, <laughs> damn right." Oh, it just makes my skin crawl. Uh, like going going there two years ago at the Egg Bowl. Now, thankfully, state controlled the entire game, and it wasn't a big crowd to start with. But even like the opening one, yeah, I'm just like, I, oh my god, 2012 sucked. Oh, I don't even want to talk about it. 2014. Wasn't I, any and, and in my section, 
because that was pre-beat day, Joel, by the way. Oh, yeah, same for, for those that don't know. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I was wearing maroon, and I don't think there was a single other person in that no, section you, wearing you, it. You should have come sat with me. Did we know each other then? 2011? 2012? 2012, no. Because no. it was 2013, yeah, whenever yeah. you and I. All right. Whenever the seeds of thunder and lightning were planted. That's right. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Um, Pediatrician. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. I told Katie uh, about a year ago. Dr. Coleman. I told Katie about a year ago that if if I was 18 years old mm-hmm. right now, about to go into college, but I know now, I knew at eight, you know, I would know what I know now mm-hmm. kind of deal, I, I would be a pediatrician. Yeah. I'd like to teach. That's what I wanted to do in college. I imagine that, but Dr. Haydad. We've been Dr. Coleman, Dr. Haydad, but two different kind of doctors. Doctor? Doctor. <laughs> what profession would you not like to do? Uh, something with numbers, accounting, yeah. something like that. That's a good like, call. I, I, I care nothing about sitting around balancing yeah. anything from a financial standpoint. Like, that kind of crap. Just I know that people make good livings doing oh, yeah. it, and, and I'm proud for them and, and glad. It's not for you, though. That's just not my cup of tea. Yeah. For me, and I always try to, like, one lesson I always try to impart to my kids is, like, whatever. if somebody has a job, they deserve respect. Absolutely. It doesn't matter if you're the a garbage man, or whatever. the ditch yes. digger. If you're out there working, you have my respect. That said, I do not like being outdoors very much. I'm not an outdoorsy person. I like to go out and cook out every now and then, but just as far as like, I would not want to work outdoors. So, like construction, and I am not cut out for that. Those guys have my respect because they're out there working really, really hard and probably not getting paid enough. You got my respect. But if it Brian, pay, you know, Brian Hayden, I wouldn't do that. You and I are different a little bit in that regard because, like, so if, if it paid worth a darn, you're the opposite of like the. You've seen Office Space. Yeah, he was so happy at the end when he was working outside. <laughs> well, I was about to say. I, the other, I was like, man, if when I was at Papa John's, I, I used to dream about like a job where I'm just in a cubicle and nobody is talking to me and I'm just punching in numbers. Oh my god, I was like, that would have been heaven, <laughs> absolute heaven for me. See, I, I mean, I'm a little bit of a loner, but what I was going to say was, if it paid enough mm-hmm. to just like cut yards for a living. <laughs> Really, you could do that? I, I could do it, man. Like Coleman Lawn I, I enjoy just the piece of cutting grass, and even I don't even mind weeding. I mean, when I was first out of high school, I had—I think I said this on the show before—I had a mm-hmm. job with the town of Ackerman where yeah, I, yeah. I weeded basically eight hours a day, forty hours a week. They let me now cut that, that grass yeah, for free. Uh, now I don't know that I want to weed eat for forty hours a week, <laughs> but if you mix it in with some some yard cutting, yeah. maybe just some clean up the yard a little bit, kind of deal, and all that, yeah. man, I, I think I could do it for forever right. if it paid enough. Last question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? It does exist, and I would like to hear God say something along the lines of, uh, as Scripture says, well done, uh, good and faithful servant, but good good job. You did good. Yeah. If, if, uh, you know, when you read Scripture, it talks about like uh, like Noah. Yeah. Noah walked with God. That's, that's one of the ways he's described as. Yeah. That'd be a pretty cool description yeah. to, to, to have that God would be like, you know what? Every day you tried to, yeah. as much as your little sinful human body would let you, yeah. you tried to, to do the right thing. So. If I had to go today, since my mom is still alive, it would be like, hey, your dad and your grandparents are over here. That's the first thing I want to hear. Yeah. That would be for me. So, yeah. All right. Thus endeth the questionnaire. 
Have a great. Uh, we will do the rumblings. Even that was with, fun. Let's just let's just do pods like that. That was great. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> tomorrow, well, we're going to do one tomorrow because we're going to have the rumblings. Uh, but we will. We will. So if you have any deep life questions, yeah. you can send those to us. So too. we'll have a. Uh, we'll have to record a little later because we have the basketball game. Yeah. But we'll do the basketball game and, and we'll recap that, and then we'll go into the rumblings uh, after that. So get your questions into us. The first. When's the last time we did rumblings on Wednesday? It's been a while, right? Yeah, it's been a while. So it's been an actual day. Yeah. So we'll do it tomorrow. All right, guys. Have a great uh, Tuesday. Back with you on. Wednesday for Joel T. Coleman. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Talk Mississippi Media Production.